Hey, I'm Jesse. We're in this incredibly important portion of 1 Corinthians, this discourse on the spiritual gifts. We had them laid out in chapter 12, framed in love in chapter 13, and now in chapter 14, Paul's giving instructions particularly around the gift of tongues, which was divisive in the original context and it still can be a divisive gift today. The original Corinthian church was very a very charismatic church, but they were going too far with the spiritual gifts and their gatherings looked chaotic. And if somebody from the outside were to walk in, they'd say the whole place was just crazy. That same thing is happening in some charismatic churches today. I want the Redemption Church to be anointed by the full power of the Holy Spirit. We are continuationists. We're also we're also complementarian. You, you can't divorce that discussion from this one. Just wait until the end of chapter 14. You thought that Paul was done in chapter 11 hammering home that he expects men to take leadership roles. Just wait until you see how this chapter ends in our sermon this weekend. In all of this, my prayer is that we would be fully anointed with the Holy Spirit. In all of this, as you go through 1 Corinthians chapters 11, 12, and 13, and 14, by the time you're done, if you hold the Word of God in high esteem, you're a little bit charismatic. You're also very complementarian. And those two things ought not be divorced from one another. If you see a church that is heavy into the spiritual gifts like tongues and healing and miracles, but they don't abide by Paul's clear instructions regarding men and the expectation of leadership, then you can see you're cherry picking what you believe, man. You skip, you cut the ending off of chapter 14 or you cut chapter 14 out altogether. You skip chapter 11 where Paul places this burden very clearly under the inspiration of the same Holy Spirit whose gifts you're exploring upon men in order to lead. So if you finish chapter 14, you're going to be a little bit complimentary and you're going to be, you're going to be a little bit charismatic. And that's the, that's the application of the text. In chapter 14, we left off in uh, we left off in verse 12. Here's verse, uh, here's verse 13. Therefore, the person who speaks in another tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the spirit and I'll also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the spirit, how will the outsider say amen at your giving of thanks? Since he does not know what you're saying. For you may very well be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in other tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in another tongue. We're going to review some of this text as a running start into our sermon uh, for this weekend, but you can see once again that Paul's emphasis is for the building up of the church. It's for the building up of, of others. That's your goal. That's your objective. And you can't sit this one out, man. You've been given a gift by the Holy Spirit. You've been issued a weapon in the spiritual realm. And if you're sitting on the sideline and you're not doing anything to grow the kingdom of God, to reach out to others, then you are burying your gift in the ground. Like the wicked and lazy servant in the parable of the talents. You've been given the spiritual gift that is for the use of building others up. Whether it is the gift of hospitality, whether it's helps and administration, whether it's a gift of encouragement, your gift of faith. It doesn't have to be one of the more obvious gifts like teaching or prophecy. You certainly not, it may not be an apostle, but you have a gift that is listed within 1 Corinthians, within Ephesians, within Romans, and that little brief moment within 1 Peter. And in any, any case, this gift is for the building up of the, of the believers. 
We covered this very quickly in chapter 12, so I wanna go back in light of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 to, to emphasize this. This is chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. Remember, there was huge tension between Jews and Greeks, huge cultural barrier between Jews and Greeks. Think about the rift between black and white America. It's similar to the rift that was going on between Jews and Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body we consider less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. This is a teaching about the complementary nature of the body itself and how we are the body of Christ. You may not have the gift of tongues. And if you do, it's for the building up of yourself personally in the context of the body of believers. If you bust out your gift of tongues and you're speaking out into the air in a language that nobody understands and nobody can interpret, nobody's encouraged by it. And that's the whole purpose of the spiritual gifts so that you would build up the body of believers. And for that reason, if you have the gift of tongues, praise God, Paul had the gift of tongues. By all means, use your gift of tongues, but it's for your own personal edification. It's for your own personal building up. Paul in, in chapter 14, as we're going to see tomorrow at church, is going to rejoice in his own use of the spiritual gift of tongues, but it's not for the context of the body of believers. It's not for the corporate worship gathering. Your, your spiritual gift is for the building up of other people. This weekend, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. You're going to have the chance to take a spiritual gifts assessment. There are numerous ones of these, and some of them include some gifts that are just straight up made up. <laughs> there are 12, like maybe 14 spiritual gifts within the Bible. And if you believe that's comprehensive, then there are a whole bunch of spiritual gifts inventories that just make stuff up that aren't really spiritual gifts. It's possible that there could be others. And in any case, I want to give you the most biblical spiritual gifts assessment that we can, and then find your place to serve in the church. Because it could be that you are gifted like a hand, but you're not using your gift. So you've got a church body with, a, with, with one hand that's not pulling its weight. You could be gifted like a lung, and in which case your church is suffocating because you're not using your gift to serve in the church. And if your gift of tongues is being used out of context in 1 Corinthians 14, then it's like an appendix rupturing on me. All right, it's hurting the spiritual body. It's not edifying the body of believers. And all of these things, I want you to come to church this weekend take this spiritual gifts inventory and pray about ways in which you can serve. We're gonna enact this text by searching our own spiritual gifts and finding ways in which we can serve within the mission of the Redemption Church. I see no more practical way to implement all of this teaching than to enact our spiritual gifts in the context of the body of believers. Which part of the body are you? And wherever you fit, you take your place and you serve, man. I can't wait to see you this weekend. You come forward to the altar, come give me a big, giant, inconsiderately tight bear hug, take a spiritual gifts inventory, see where you serve, and then, man, 
come and join the army and get to work because we've got a lot of people to reach in Seattle, Body of Christ. I'll see you this weekend for worship.